Hi, this is Felix Chimeranyika, lead pastor of Kairos Christian Center in Lelonga, Malawi. I am happy that you have joined us for the Kairos Lelonga podcast, and I believe God is going to inspire you and break you through into your kingdom destiny as you hear the word unpacked. This is your Kairos moment, God's appointed season for your kingdom breakthrough. Turn with me, please, to Jonah chapter number three. And if you're able to stand, let's stand together. Because God is speaking to us even right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Jonah chapter number three, hear the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise. Go up to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. And he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, to the list of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he rose, he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, test anything, lest let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from the evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw that they, what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. All men are like grass. And their glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers. The flowers fade. But the word of our God lives on forever. Holy Spirit, may you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> Excuse me. God of another chance. God of another chance. It seems to me Jonah is a picture of the church today. Where God has sent Jonah to go to Nineveh to cry out to Nineveh again, uh, to cry out to, to Nineveh for the evil that has come before God. And, and yet Jonah goes the opposite direction going to Tarshish doing what he wants to do. Just like the church today. How we've been given the great commission to take this gospel to the ends of the world. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit 
to take the gospel to the ends of the world and yet we choose yet we choose to do our own things yet we are more interested in what is going to take us to the next level and yet God's word is very clear that he has called us to be witnesses in the world and you know the story of Jonah how when he was on his way to Tarshish he ended up being swallowed by a fish and after he had repented himself before God God starts with him a second time God gives him another chance and it is that other chance that God gives to repentant sinners. And here's our lesson for today. God gives sinners another chance when believers witness to them. God gives sinners another chance. Gives sinners another chance. When believers witness to them. Let's say it together. God gives sinners another chance. When believers witness to them. Or better still, let's say together again. God gives sinners another chance when I witness to them. I want to look at how is it that God gives sinners another chance when we witness to them. How do we see that? How do we see that in this text? We, we see three things. And I want you to hear them ahead before I start explaining them. We see the report of another chance. We see the repentance for another chance. And we see the relenting because of another chance. So first of all, the report of another chance. First number one. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. The word of the Lord. A prophetic word comes to Jonah. In fact, the way God does his things, he, he sends his word. The technology that he uses is that he uses his word. When he wants to accomplish something in the earth, he uses the word. When he created heavens and earth, 
He used the word. So no wonder the word comes to Jonah. But it's a word that was taught him before, told him before. But now it's coming a second time. Because Jonah had refused that word. And so God has given Jonah a second chance, you say. And so it comes to him a second time. And then here's the word. Arise, go to Nineveh. That great city. And call out against it. The message that I tell you. In other words, Jonah is going to report a word that is coming from God. Jonah is more like a reporter. He's going to say, this is what God says. Jonah is given a word to say to the people of Nineveh. And that word is a word he has already been told before. Isn't it interesting? What is this? The call of God is a call to give a message. It's a call to say what God has said already. And so we can say, we find here the Old Testament Great Commission. Remember in Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 18, where Jesus says to his disciples, Go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations. It's called the Great Commission. Here again you have the Great Commission. Go ye. Go ye into Nineveh and tell it the message that I'm telling you. Now, strictly speaking, in the Old Testament, you, you, really, you really don't have this idea of taking the gospel to the other nations or the word of God to the other nations. Uh, in the Old Testament, you actually have three instances where the word goes from Israel and goes to other peoples. You have the time when Elisha goes to the widow at Zarephath. And then in Isaiah, you hear the servant songs. And the servant that goes out to the nations. And so this is the only time, or this is the third time of those three times. Because Israel, Israel was really supposed to be a light to the Gentiles, yes? Israel was supposed to be a light to the Gentiles. 
abitundu and it looks like the mission of israel was to draw the nations to themselves because maoneka kuti nchito ya israeli inali kukoka amafuko kuti abwele mu israeli so when you get into the new testament it seems the people of god are to go out amuke Do you know the mission of Jesus was within Israel? Because Jesus was in the Old Testament. Yes, he was in the Old Covenant. Because the New Covenant starts after he has been crucified. And so he tells his disciples before he is crucified. When he sends them two by two in Matthew chapter number 10. He says go to the house of Israel. Gentiles. Because this is the old covenant. And so Jonah had this old covenant commission. But dressed in new covenant clothing. He supposed to go to Now, it ought to be clear for you and me, isn't it? That we, we also have a great commission, isn't it? Go into all the world. And make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey all the things that I have taught you. And behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. What's our call? to go witnesses. To go. Just like he went to Nineveh, he has also sent us into the world. Oh, that classroom is your Nineveh. That business place is your Nineveh. That neighborhood is your Nineveh. That place where you're going to go to tomorrow, your Nineveh. And so the word has come to you again. Maybe not a second time, maybe this is a third time. Maybe not a fourth time. There is a report. Over another chance. And watch what the text says. It says in verse number three. So Jonah went to Nineveh. According to the word of the Lord. In other words, not, uh, Jonah has become obedient now. Now Nineveh was exceedingly was an exceedingly great city. Three days journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city and going a day's journey. And he called out, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. He says it was a great city. Uh, at least my version says it was a three days journey in, in breadth. 
contact was made with the governing officials and then the second day what they really wanted to discuss was discussed and then the third day there was an official send off and here's what we're hearing on the first day he gets there Oh, he starts declaring the message. It has become an urgent thing for him now. And so he declares the message. But I, I, I want you to watch the message that he is declaring. Yet 40 days. And Babylon will be overthrown. Is that good news? <coughs> or bad news? Good news, bad news? Bad news. It's actually good news. It's actually good news. Because this is a warning. You have 40 days. If you don't change in 40 days, you are going to be overthrown. It's good news. It's actually the gospel. A prefiguring of God's judgment that if people do not repent do not do according to the expectation of God then his judgment is going to come we have the very same message my friend our message is a message to tell people Listen, if you don't live your life right before God, if you do not turn to God, if you do not repent, God will judge you. By the way, that's the good news. That is the good news. Because the good news is saying, you have time. It's 40 days, it says here, isn't it? 
You, you have 40 days in which you should change. In other words, if you are going to comply with what God is saying, guess what you are going to be saying? Don't water down the gospel. Don't water down the gospel. If there is no bad news, then the gospel is not good news. If there is no judgment, if there is no anger from God against the unrepentant sinner, and there is no good news. The good news is there because of the bad news of the wrath of God. Yes, Jesus loves sinners. Yes, God loves sinners. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Do you know where we get stuck? God so loved the world. We, we have forgotten God will make people perish if they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Friend, this week may it be the week that you are the reporter of another chance. May, may this be the week that you tell people about Jesus. Here's our challenge this week. Every day this week, find one person that will tell them the good news. Only Pastor Patrick is okay with that. Abusa, Patrick, go and amen. I want to do. I want to This week, for the next seven days, we want to share the gospel. Hallelujah. Amen. This coming week. For the next seven days, each one of us is going to share the gospel with somebody. Amen, church. Amen. Or tell anybody, just say amen anyway. Watch. The report of another chance. Secondly, here's what we see. Their repentance in another chance. Their repentance in another chance. That other chance God, requires that there should be a repentant heart. When there is no repentant heart, there really is no another chance. Because the other chance is about the cooperation of humanity with God. And so God has sent his messenger who has declared his message. And here's the response of those people. Look at verse number five. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth. From the greatest of them to the least of them. Verse number 
verse number six. This number six. The word reached the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne. Removed his robe. Covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. Do you know it's not hard to tell when somebody is repentant? Akulapa. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not hard to tell. You start seeing from the outside what has already gone on in the inside. These people, when they heard the gospel, they believed God. Who did they believe? They believed? Mulungu. They didn't believe Jonah. They believed God. They are speaking the message. Jonah. See, a lot of a lot of people today. They believe Jonah more than they believe God. They, they don't know Jonah. But even, if, even though he's going to preach to them like that, he's going to turn around on them. Oh, you should get a chapter 4. And see how disappointed he is. That God has saved these people. And said, if you put your trust in Jonah, you're going to be in trouble. Because Jonah is a man. He also has his issues. You know everybody has issues. I have issues. If you're believing what I'm telling you today, because of just me, I'll disappoint you. We should listen to the God of the man. Yes, he's a man of God, but he's only carrying a message of the God of the man. Hey, Africa, please. Africa, we have confused the, the man of God with the God of man. And we're getting in trouble. Because we're worshipping the Jonas. And we get surprised. When the Jonas have issues and they flip on us. And then they turn on us. And stop acting like the men of God that we said they were. And so they believed the word of God. And every one of them, from the rich to the poor, from the small to the great, they heeded the word of Jonah. Listen, the gospel is not just for rich people. The gospel is not just for poor people. The gospel is for everybody. And when we declare the gospel, let's it in such a way that everybody gets a chance to hear it. And so the news even gets to the king. It says the king of Nineveh. Nineveh is the capital of the Assyrian kingdom. 
So we're not too sure here whether the talk is about or whether the reference is to the, the king of Nineveh, the city. The ruler of the city. Or is it the Assyrian kingdom? Is this a reference to Ashudan the, 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 the second? We don't really know. But what we know is even this king was cut to the heart that he put on sackcloth he sat in ashes listen the word of God is living and sharp it's powerful even kings will turn and convert if you think it's about you and how impressive you are there will be other people you'll be scared to go to you'll be saying oh, this one is too rich for me this one is too educated for me this one is too beautiful for me no no no, no. the word of God is powerful all by itself the word of God does not return to God void without fulfilling his purpose. He says when he, when he sends his word down, it's like the rain that comes from the heavens and gets into the ground and brings life to things in the ground. His word will do what he said it will do. Tell your neighbor, may you have confidence in the word. Tell God, may you have confidence in the word. And so even the king in ashes and sackcloth he so touched that he, he publishes a decree. We, heard in, we, heard, we hear in verse number seven. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles. Let neither man nor beast Heard no flock. Test anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And let them call out. Let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. Watch this king. Watch this king. Sends a decree. Everybody is fasting. You are fasting. 
Your dog is fasting. Your cat is fasting. Your chickens are fasting. Your goats are fasting. You and everything you own will not taste water or food. And as if that's not enough. As if that's not enough. You put on sackcloth. Your dog puts on sackcloth. Your cat puts on sackcloth. Your chickens put on sackcloth. So that we, we, we show God that we really are repentant. Oh, this is serious business, isn't it? Very serious business. They have heard the word. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Only when you hear the word of God can there be faith inside you. Can there be belief inside you? How can they hear? Unless somebody preaches to them. Hallelujah. Amen. And how can somebody preach to them? Unless somebody is sent to them. Did you know you are sent? In your family, you are sent. In your office, you are sent. In your classroom, you are sent. In whatever business sphere, you are sent. And you have been sent by God so that you can declare to people God is going to come in judgment. But now is the time of grace that if they repent and they believe they shall be saved from the anger of God. You know, I don't think God is, uh, is, is really going to judge anybody God is a loving God. He, he can't be loving and at the very same time be angry enough to kill people or to punish people for the rest of eternity. God is not like that. Oh, then you don't know God. The righteousness of God, the holiness of God, demands that everything conforms to His holiness. And that if there is something that does not conform to His holiness, He must bring it to conformity to His holiness. Because God is also a just God. And so anything that is sinful, God must judge if he's going to be a just judge. And so the, the love of God and the justice of God, they are actually together. Because God loves God must bring justice. Faith plus repentance equals conversion. Faith plus repentance equals being born again. Faith, you believe. Repentance, 
You are going that way of sin. Your life being led by sin. Repentance, you turn this way. You are pursuing Jesus. Your life being under Jesus. In other words, your actions change. You can't say you're born again if there is no repentance. Sometimes we wonder. Is so and so born again? And I'm, not, I'm not too sure if that person is born again. I'm not too sure if that person is born again. Look, if you can't see from their actions, they are not. No, they are not. They may be a good person. They may be a nice person. It doesn't mean that they're a believer. Because if that person is a believer, they will have faith in God. And they will turn and put their lives under God and, and pursue the things of God. In other words, they will be witnesses. Because you see, they are reporters. They are supposed to be reporting about the good news. And so we see here that probably these people were converted. Faith, repentance, equals conversion. Now, did they stand on up until the end? Did they still believe in Jesus to the end or in God to the end? The text doesn't tell us. Because here's something that we know. That he who believes till the end is going to be saved. So the saved ones will move on in repentance. We'll hang on to Jesus until the end. So as many as held on to God until the ends of their lives, as many got saved. And of course the whole action of the king brings into question the whole idea of Christian political leaders. But should we say then, this is what we should be aspiring for. That we should have Christian leaders, Christian presidents, President, so that the nation can come at a point. We all believe in Jesus. And we all repent. And so God saves us. It's a dangerous idea. Because when you look in history, especially this idea of a Christian nation, uh, it has not really gone very well. There was a Roman emperor called Constantine who during a battle 
He heard a voice say, by this sign conquer. And the sign that he saw in the sky was the sign of the cross. And so he won that battle. And he attributed, he attributed that to the God of the cross. And he, and he went ahead and made Christianity to be a legalized religion in the Roman Empire. Christianity became fashionable. And a lot of people decided to become Christians. And a lot of people became baptized. The Roman Empire became a Christian empire. But at the very same time, here's what was seen. The power of the church went down. The church which was on fire preaching the word in season and out of season through persecution through martyrdom they preached but then the church became a part of the governing authorities to be a bishop which before meant that you're one of the most wanted men by the empire. <laughs> Became a prestigious position. And so you'd put on the garb of a, of a, a court official of the Roman Empire. <laughs> Do you think Peter had a clerical collar? And Apostle Paul? Had that flowing robe, bling bling of a bishop? Uh -huh. It only happened after Constantine. And usually, when there is the wedding of the church and political power, the power of the church comes down. Oh, we've heard experiments of Christian nations, isn't it? The most Christian nations were in Europe. Go to Europe today. Their cathedrals are being turned into taverns. Next door to us. Next door to us in Malawi, Zambia. They declared Zambia a Christian nation. President Chilua declared Zambia a Christian nation. President you should see the day that they declared Zambia a Christian nation. Oh, the president was praying passionately. President oh, I declare this nation to you. Fast forward another 10 years or so. The very same president, president is in court, court accused of corruption and amassing wealth. See, we should learn, church. The only true righteous government 
corruption free government is the government Jesus is going to establish in the earth at best right now at best right now yes we should aspire to go into places of influence so that we can bring justice and peace in the earth but knowing that nothing will be perfect until Jesus Christ comes back I'm saying this 2019 we're going to vote isn't it and others will be telling us that's a Christian oh that one is not a Christian as if when you put a Christian to be president it makes a difference it doesn't seem like it does apartheid South Africa the rest is South Africa call itself a Christian nation Called itself a Christian nation. The southern part of the United States. The racist part. Was very Christian and still up until today is very Christian. Let's just vote in people that will do the job. And have no illusions that because somebody is a Christian, then they will do the job. Most of the people that are in leadership in Malawi are Christians. No. No. Most of them are Christians. Look at where Malawi is. The facts speak for themselves, isn't it? And so we should not start thinking that the moment a nation has a Christian president, that perfection is going to come into that nation. Mm. Perfection only comes when Jesus Christ comes back the second time and establishes his kingdom in the earth. God Give sinners a second chance or another chance when believers witness to them. How do we see that? We see that in the report of another chance, in the repentance in another chance, and finally in the relenting due to another chance. Whereas repenting has to do with the human being, relenting from wrath has to do with God. And so we hear in verse number 10 there, when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, Watch that. God saw what they did. In other words, God was not just going to go with their words. I lift up my hand right now. Jesus come into my life. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm born again. No, 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 it doesn't end there. Your actions 
Your actions. Actions speak louder than words. You can say all that you want to say. The true proof is in what you do. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of us ladies, we've been told, I love you, I love you, I love you. But there was no proof to go with it. And so we never believed it. God is not a fool. Those that say that they have turned from evil must show that they have turned from evil. You know, there's a lot of deception in the church. A lot of people that feel they're Christians. A lot of people that feel they're born again. And the basis of their being a Christian the basis of their being born again is that they say the prayer sometime to receive Jesus. Maybe they're fooling themselves. Maybe they're fooling their mamas. God is not fooled because God looks at the action. The tree is known by its fruit. And so God sees the fruit. And God says, okay, I am not going to judge you. He relents from that. And that he would not do it. Now, when you're looking at the story of Jonah, remember you're in the old covenant. And that you, you really have to come to now to the new covenant. And, and somehow Jonah is... Uh, is this a prophet? But uh, kind of like a lousy prophet, isn't it? I mean, he, he gets sent by God but doesn't really want to go. He runs away the other direction. Until God scares him, that's when he does what God said he should do. Oh, in the new covenant, we have a better prophet. His, his name is Jesus. And he fulfills everything God told him to fulfill. And he's the one sent by the Father. And he says, I and the Father are one. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He says, no man comes to the Father except through me. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, he's the one that when you believe, God will relent from his anger for you. The belief today is to believe in Jesus. When you believe in Jesus, God will relent his anger. There's a day that is coming that God is going to judge. Going to judge every man, every woman. We are all going to stand before God's judgment throne. And each one of us 
That's what he says in Revelation chapter number 20. We'll be judged according to our works. Not according to your words. According to your works. We will be standing on the judgment seat of God. And those who have not believed in the Lamb of God that was sacrificed on the cross so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life those that don't believe will be sent to the wrath of God oh, this wrath is not the wrath that was going to come on Nineveh because the wrath coming on Nineveh could probably be like the wrath on Sodom and Gomorrah. Something that comes and destroys. But you can give it a limited period of time. This judgment that is coming is an eternal judgment. It's not just going to be for a period of time. It's not just somebody dying and ceasing to exist. It's, it's punishment and torment forever. And so this is a greater prophet with a greater message of a greater judgment. But guess what? There is still time with God. 40 days before Nineveh is overthrown. No specific time. No specific time. But we know he's going to come back with a greater judgment. Do you know when you'll die? Do you have a contract with God that says you shall expire on such such a day? Or do you have a sticker somewhere, a label that says best before date? Or expiry date? Don't you wish you had a sticker like that? And then your sinful heart will say, I will party. Until the day before. Then the day before I repent. I get a holy hallelujah. And so that when I die. I can go to heaven. Oh, unfortunately, you don't. You don't know the day you will die. You may walk outside of here, get hit by a car, you'll die. You, you may live another 10 years. You will die. And please, please. Even if you have an HIV positive status, don't worry. Others feed people everything perfect. We'll get hit by a car tomorrow. 
It doesn't mean that when you're HIV positive that you're dead. You still have life. You live on with your life. And who knows God is going to do some miraculous thing with you. But here's my point. No one knows the day they'll die. And that's why it's very important that we should live lives that are under the authority of Jesus. By first and foremost giving our lives to Jesus. Believing in him. And then also starting to live lives that are consistent with that belief. If you don't do that, God's wrath rests on you. It's just a matter of time. And God is going to catch up with you. And ultimately, God is going to punish you. He's a God of another chance. Another chance to the sinners. But also, another chance. Or maybe we can even say a second chance to those that are believers that he has called to do his work. Jonas should watch out when they refuse to do what God has said that they should do. God brings fish and that fish came because it was on the sea but if you're walking on the tarmac I don't know there's no fish coming from anywhere but something is going to come I don't know but somehow he's going to stop you and so that you don't go to your tashish because whether you like it or not Tell your neighbor whether you like it or not. You still go to Nineveh. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the Kairos Lolongwe podcast. I trust you've been blessed. Please do us a favor and share this podcast with friends on Facebook, Twitter, WhatsApp, and whatever social media you're on. May the Lord break you through into your kingdom destiny. Blessings.